zipping across the ether at the speed of bytes and defying all expectations. Once again, Technology Man has rustled StreamYard into submission, and we are live broadcasting from the TGA unofficial Facebook group with another episode of TGA Unofficial Live. Thrilled to be here with you all with my dear friend Vivica and with a, a member of the TGA community that I have had a little bit of interaction with, but looking forward to get to know a lot better. Mr. David Line, who not only has the coolest name in the TGA group, but he also has the best hair. And I know there's a few people, Maddie Dubs, that would argue with that, but uh, I'm going with, uh, with David for now. Hey, Vivica, how are you? Uh, you know, Maddie Dubs might be offended, or at least his fan club will be. Um, I'll be disappointed he, if he's not. <laughs> yeah, he 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 has a big big fan club, but uh, happy to be here, um, Mr. David. Happy to have you here. Please um, introduce yourself to all the fans out there, and uh, everybody who who may not know who you are and where you're from, what you do. To all all fans and future fans. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Um, my name is David Lyon. I'm from Austria. I'm living in Austria as well right now, which is sometimes actually a bit of a bummer with TGA and Wolf Den that, uh, you know, time zone ways, I'm, I'm a bit of in a different place. Uh, you're frozen to me right now. Can you still hear me? Yes. Cool. Um, I work as a somatic business coach, so I support uh, spiritually minded entrepreneurs step away from charging hourly rates for their services and create a transformational offer that just makes it so much more fun and easy to sell their offer. And easy. Yeah, cool. I, I ran through CCA, which might be cool for context, and uh, it's it's informed my way of uh, doing business and teaching business a lot. And uh, it's confirmed some of the, like the intuitions I've had over the years. And then on, you know, some levels given me tools and frameworks and perspectives that, uh, yeah, really changed. Um, or like, I think what it's helped me do mostly is uh, play the long game. Love it. Yeah, I really appreciate that too, David. I you, I know um, enough to enough about somatic things to know that I don't know much about somatic things. So I would love to just you know for people like me that might not be deeply aware of what somatic approaches uh, or even spiritual approaches to coaching are, just if you, you kind of unpack how, how you think about those two terms and how they apply to you know what you do and how you do what you do. Sure. Yeah. I love the question. So I have a, so I, I, I'm a, uh, I used to study psychology. I'm a dropout university dropout. Um, and then I went to study various therapeutic modalities that focused a lot on um, trauma, body awareness, and basically healing through uh, body presence rather than just existing up in your mind. So kind of this idea that, you know, as a culture, we uh, habitually live up in our minds most of the time. And there are different uh, levels of intelligence, let's say, that are at least equally important. And so for me, uh, 
I'll start with the term embodiment. So with, for me, the term embodiment means I access all of these different levels of intelligence, Let's say emotional intelligence, intuition. I think we're always, and this is where the spiritual component, component for me comes in, um, through the body, we're always connected to uh, something greater than we are. We're always connected to each other. And, you know, modern science on the nervous system has actually confirmed that. But I think even greater than that, I think like our body is uh, is connected to all other uh, forms of life. And so when I'm embodied, I'm much more, there's way more information that I can access. And so I come very much from this world. And then over the past few years, I've stepped more into the world of business. And it's always been this huge question of uh, like, this sense of it's an either or like either I can like really slow down and really inhabit all of who I am or I do business and I take action in the world and I'm fast and you know, or I, I I'm very much focused on my mind. And so my process has been a lot about, well, this is actually not a contradiction. It's actually, it's actually like a synthesis between those two. That's what really excites me. And so when I say I'm a somatic business coach, what I mean is, um, I help the people that I work with stay connected to their body as they're approaching their business rather than um, feeling like they have to, they have to like hold certain parts of them or their emotions or something like away from their business life. I'm like, no, no, no. Like this is all informing what you're doing. And just, yeah, maybe the, just a last piece, the, the spiritual part for me also contains that the people I work with and I myself, and I, I'm pretty sure the two of you and many people in TGA, uh, there's something bigger we want to contribute to. Like, I'm not interested to just uh, whatever, be rich and make money for my own sake to get my own needs met. I'm here to... Um, contribute to something greater than I am because I know that my well-being is dependent on the well-being of something bigger like let's say the web of life and if that's too abstract humanity like if there are people suffering in the world it's always going to affect me and so I want to contribute to life uh, being stronger and so this is for me the spiritual component and that can obviously take many forms like it doesn't you know it doesn't have to be I sacrifice myself and uh, you know all kind of ideas that we have around what it means to be of service, but it means that, yeah, there's something bigger that I'm wanting to contribute to. How do you bridge this into, to the very money minded, very type type drivers, right? Who are just focused on money and focused on the more and focused on kind of just, you know, having it all. How does, how do you weave this into those type of, you know, personalities? Uh, business owners? Well, I would say I, I just don't attract them. Like people in this mindset, they're not going to resonate with me because I do things in my own way and I'm weird in my own way. So I tend to attract people who are weird themselves or who know that they're weird, um, who are very creative, who have, you know, who, who have had to some degree these questions inside of themselves. So um, I'm not doing any kind of convincing. I think if people are ready, uh, they come to me. Um, and honestly, I think the, the biggest thing that I can do is I am present with them as I am. 
and there's like a kind of a transmission that's happening like beyond the words and if there's something receptive in them they will pick it up and they will be like whoa what is this like this feels different there's something different here there's something beyond just the content of what we're talking about i there's so many things so many threads for me to already pull on david um so i'm gonna try to try to uh pull two or three and I'm going to let you weave them into whatever you want to weave them into. But one of the things when, when I he heard you speaking to this idea of embodiment and, and bringing in not just the, the, you know, the mind or the brain, but also the body and, and, and the, you know, soul or spiritual element into, into the business, into your, your business endeavors. Um, the word that, that I often use and that leapt to my mind is integrated. Like it's, you know, we, we, and I think it's not just integrating all the various aspects of ourselves that I see you doing, but also uh, you touched on this and I'd love for you to expand on a little bit more. This idea that an integrated human shows up in their life and in their business and in their relationships um, as, as a fully realized integrated person this is this is the best me that i am right now and i bring my whole self into this business conversation or this family conversation or this um friendship conversation and the the other element that really leapt out to me that you, you talked about this idea of being present um i heard nick speak to this at laurel's event uh back in october this the, the thing that we can um you know the way that we actually make the biggest difference in the in doing what we do in the unique way that only we can do it is to actually be fully present in the here and now with and for the person that we're with because that's the only moment that we have any influence over uh you know choosing and and taking that next step so i don't know that there's not so much a question there just some things that i ref i'm reflecting that i heard that I would love for you to correct me if I if I misrepresented or or um, to expand on if if I've landed somewhere near uh, what your intention was. Mm. Yeah, I mean, all, all of what you're saying, I resonate with. I think sometimes we can, like, I'd invite myself and and you and anyone listening not to get too hung up on like specific words because it's always an attempt to touch on something that is kind of uh, in a different language than, than the words that we have. Um, but what comes up for me when you say these things, Scott, is that I think for me, ultimately, my life is a practice of being in integrity. Like wherever I show up, I wanna do that in a way that feels in alignment with my values and um, my calling, whatever, like the deeper places that are really pulling me forward. And, uh, there's a really freeing aspect in there in that results. I, I get a bit less hung up on results because to me, it matters more to live in integrity than to have incredible results. If that's like at the expense of me living in integrity. And I actually created a post today that, um, yeah, like a topic within that that really excites me is that when we think of integrity, we all have our different associations. There's one, uh, let's say, concept that really helped me kind of understand different levels of integrity. Um, there's masculine integrity, which would be untrue to my own word. I follow through with my commitments. 
um, you know, many of the things that we would also learn in TGA. And then there's another aspect that, um, yeah, maybe I, I have more access to through like the embodiment world and, and psychotherapy and so on, which is feminine integrity. And that for me is about being true to myself in this present moment with all the changes that are happening all the time. And the, so if I'm only in masculine integrity, you know, I'm going to push myself uh, beyond certain places, maybe in a harmful way or in a non-compassionate way. If I don't have masculine integrity, if I'm only in feminine integrity, I'm going to change what I'm doing all the time. Okay. Now I feel like doing this. Now I feel like doing this. So the challenge is really how can I live both? How can I stay uh, gentle and compassionate with myself? For example, even when there's a lot of resistance coming up, uh, I don't want to do something, something feels really scary, whatever. Um, and to also uh, become more precise with masculine integrity, with what do I really promise? So this has been something for me that I also learned in CCA, where Dan says, I reserve the right to change my mind. So, you know, just because I say once that I'm doing something doesn't mean I'm committed to it for the rest of my life. So in communication, to become ever more precise in what am I committing uh, to right now? What is it that I'm really saying yes to right now? So that there's no misunderstanding. And so this, like this balance of masculine and feminine integrity, in a way could describe like the essence of what I'm most excited about. And so this in the context of business, it's like. <laughs> I love that. And it definitely, as you say that, um paints a picture of just, you know, two different energies kind of going back and forth and just finding that happy medium, which is probably super difficult for most people. Um, so I just wanted to touch on, you mentioned early on about creating the offers. So you have your somatic approach, then you have your offers approach. How do you make those two work or, or what's the concept behind that? Yeah. So the, the, th the thing that I'm doing in my work, I would say, is I'm, I'm bridging the embodiment work with business strategy, with a lot of the things that, you know, I learned from TGA and CCA, but also from just being, uh, like being a business owner for the past six, seven years. Um, so specifically, again, what I do is I help service providers uh, create an offer that goes beyond just uh, charging hourly rates. That is a kind of bigger container that focuses on the transformation for the client rather than the amount of hours that they get. And so what it does for me, it really, it changes the whole conversation because the client stops focusing on the price. They focus on the transformation. They feel much more excited. They know more clearly what they're actually getting into. Um, so pricing becomes just a different topic because if the client knows that this is the result that we're working towards, it will be easier to invest into that. Um, and so how I bridge that with embodiment is when I work with clients on creating this transformational offer, uh, you know, it's always an interplay between the different levels of intelligence that we have. Like, I don't just sit down with them and like mentally think about, okay, like what is the market right now? What is needed? Let's create something. But it's like, you know, what, what do you sense most resonance to? Where do you feel like you've struggled with for years so that you've developed something that you can pass on? So the process, um, yeah, it involves slowing down. It involves um, 
taking time to digest, to really think about, but also feel through the different layers that come up. Uh, also, when it comes to really stepping out very clearly with what you have to offer, it's very vulnerable to do that. Like I notice with my clients, one reason why, they, you know, and I'll include myself, why we prefer being vague is because it's less vulnerable. You know, if I say like, oh, I, I do this and this and I can help you this and there, it's not as vulnerable as like, this is what I'm offering. This is the kind of person I can help. And this is, you know, this is my, you know, it's like, it's almost like a culmination of my life experience put in front through an offer. And so that's very vulnerable. And I think um, it feels more integrated to use uh, Scott's word, which I uh, enjoy, which I think is useful here to, uh, to just include in this whole process, everything that comes up the whole the discomfort, the whole, you know, the doubts, the, the, the questions, the insecurities, um, because um, I don't know, it feels, it feels like a much more rich process than it's like a personal transformation and you're doing business. I love that. I wanted to um, just uh, quickly go to uh, the comments. Um, we can't see who this is, but I'm looking at my phone at the uh, and and know that this is my friend Cato. Um, Cato is a member of of my uh, Substack subscriber community. She made a great point: learning what to ignore is a, an important skill, as important a skill as figuring out where to put your energy and focus. Yet, yeah, I love uh, I, I appreciate Cato's insights. Um, you know, I'm a person that believes that before we put anything on your to do list, we have to decide all the things that need to come off. Uh, or, or get put onto your stop doing list. So uh, that whole idea of less is more and some reliability that I know David um, is familiar with. Um, so I just, you know, another reflection, just the, I love the way that you approach the, um, the or that you reflected this idea of like not focusing on the money, like not focus, like money rules are often lead. Even when we achieve a money aim, it, we end up being um, unfulfilled and unsatisfied because money is just this construct that we've created um, to express value, but it's not um, what often really matters to us. Um, so I love that idea. You know, for, for me, I do something very similar and I just say, we're, let's, let's focus on where this person wants to be. And um, my guess is that um, some sort of profit or revenue will, will be a naturally occurring side effect of doing meaningful work with someone that, that needs the unique way that, that, you know, we, we approach um, getting someone that result. So um Really, really love that. And just, you know, wondering to, you know, so I, I'm hearing a little bit of that system reliability and some other things that you're talking about. Um, and, and you've spoken already to values, uh, which I think are also, you know, really important. Um, just curious about any other specifically TGA or CCA principles that really help inform the way that you approach making um, the difference that you make with your clients. Mm. Yeah, I think, I mean, if, if we're talking about the money piece, 
then function over form really comes to mind um, because like money in and of itself is useless. If, if, if I cannot do something with my money, I'll, I'll not be very satisfied just stacking, stacking it in my room. So what's the function that money can uh, fulfill in my life or in my clients' lives? And for me, actually, it was quite healing to meet Nick and, um, you know, other, other people in the, in the community because obviously, um, you know, Nick is highly successful with the businesses he's had and his way of talking about money to me felt really integrated. It felt like, uh, you know, money has its place and there are things that are just way more important than money. So it, it felt like, because there are some people who are like, money doesn't matter at all. And I'm like, yeah, it kind of does in our world. Um, and, you know, I have a background. I used to be like a dumpster diving hippie and try to live with as little, little money as possible, and which is really fun. But I realized that's not my path. So function over form in terms of uh, how I look at money, but also when I work with my clients um, and, you know, they're very creative people. So they have all sorts of ideas. And then we always go into like, what are you actually trying to accomplish? And is that what you're wanting to do? Is that actually the, the most effective path forward? You know, like classic example, like I need a website. Okay. Like what do you need a website for? What are you trying to accomplish? Well, I need people to get to uh, know what I do. Like, yeah, a website in and of itself is not going to help. It's, uh, you know, there, there are other, other levers we have that are more effective. So function over form. And then I think, um, cause it's kind of like the, the overarching theme for me, um, is play your game. Mm. Um, yeah, just really, you know, embrace the weird person that you are. Cause we're all weird in our unique ways and, um, stop trying to make yourself fit into something that works for other people and really find out, well, what actually works for you and, and play to your strengths. That has made a huge difference for me. You know, there are so many ideas out there of what you need to be able to do uh, when you need to wake up and so on as a successful entrepreneur. And it's just like, none of that is true. There are a million ways to be successful. And so finding the way that feels like true and meaningful, even without the success, that for me is playing my game. And that is also to bring back what you were saying, Scott, that is being present. Like if I can just enjoy the process, everything else is extra. It's like, it's cool, but it's not why I'm doing it. So on the flip side of, of maybe what you do implement as far as TGA and CCA principles, is there a principle or concept that you struggle with or that you find your, your clients struggle with? I mean, for sure. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, nothing super specific comes to mind. And that definitely doesn't mean that I don't struggle with the things. <laughs> yeah. So let's see just if I have any kind of current question mark. 
No, nothing super specific comes to mind right now. So you're, you're probably catching me in a, in a moment where I don't have like a huge question mark in my life. Um, well, yeah. you spoke to something that 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 I'll, I'll I'll highlight, and maybe this will give you a chance to expand on it. You know, I like you. Um, I work with people that are you know a different approach, but to a similar problem. Like how can how can we improve? the weakest element of any system, which is the human being at the controls so that you can get closer to the things that you really want, which are not, um, which are not money and status and, you know, all the things that people usually say that, that they want to chase. Um, and you spoke to this, you know, helping people identify what their next best step is or what they, what it is that they really want next, which Ooh. is, you know, people will say, I need a website. It's like, okay, well, why do you need a website? And so the the principle that comes to my mind, David is, uh, and something that I use frequently with my clients is let's look at Seneca's barbell and see how many things you have on minimum effective dose that are earning you money uh, with great efficiency and effectiveness and how many things you're exploring and then how many of those things are in the middle. And I know for me, because I work with a lot of coaches, they want, like, I need the logo. I need the website. I need the lead magnet. I need the email sequence. I need a social media strategy for Instagram and Facebook. And I need a, you know, and so they've turned what they say is a coaching business into a full-time promotion business uh, and and they don't understand why they're so profoundly happy and unsuccessful while well, you're spending all your time doing stuff that you really hate to do. Why would you do that? And so I'm just wondering if, if for you, something similar happens with, you know, people needing to clear the bar, the middle of the barbell a little bit and to bring things, something over to get them viable and sustainable, and then they can play with the other things. Yeah, absolutely. And, Obviously, while you were speaking, other challenges came to mind as well. So I'm happy to share a bit more. But um, I love the barbell. Generally, I am a, I like to take risks, um, and which is great. But I, you know, I've 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 lost a fair amount of money in like leverage trading and uh, the crypto world before uh, I got to know Wolf Den and TGA and so on. So um, actually the barbell is something that I talk about with my clients a lot. And I notice it takes, it takes some time to understand this concept and to under understand asymmetric bets and uh, you know, what does that actually mean and how it looks like I actually created a uh, Twitter. Maybe we can tag it somewhere. I created a Twitter thread uh, on asymmetric bets and just an example from my own life of uh how I created uh, asymmetry to the downside um, in the crypto world. Uh, so that might be useful. Um, yeah. While you were speaking, Scott, also I thought of actually, I think playing my game is probably also my biggest challenge. Um, I recently had a interesting experience. I connected with another coach and um, we went very quickly into like ideas of collaboration and so on. And I noticed in the end of the conversation, that I hadn't fully landed in the connection. Like it, there was no moment because we don't know each other very well. There was no moment of like uh, slowing down and connecting kind of feeling like, okay, now we're on the same wavelength. 
And um, it was a big learning for me that, you know, to play my game, I, I want to invite that. Uh, that's actually one of the reasons why before we recorded, I asked you like, hey, I'd love to hear just in a sentence how you're present right now, because it really helps me to arrive more. And it feels really vulnerable to um, invite something like that in when you don't know how the other person, like how much they can relate to this, whether, you know, they feel comfortable with that. So yeah, I would say playing my game is probably ultimately my biggest challenge. And it's so cool, maybe as the last thing, um, how you or me playing my game, you playing your game is always an invitation for others to do the same. So there's always this moment where either when I see someone really playing their game, I can put them down, I can judge them, or I can be inspired. I can be like, whoa, I want to do that as well. And if I'm not open to, well, I want to do that as well, I have to find a way to put them down because there's like a cognitive dissonance there. Like it's uncomfortable someone being as authentic as they are. Love it. So David, how can, um, how can people work with you or what are you working on right now? How can people connect? Yeah. So um, I think the easiest place right now is Facebook. I don't have a website. I'm <laughs> Pre preaching or teaching no how do you say preaching what i teach no uh walking the talk maybe that's it i don't have a website right now you can just check my facebook page i work with uh people one-on-one -on -one. i'm creating a transformational offer uh and i have a, a mastermind uh, like a group for entrepreneurs who want to it's called momentum builder mastermind just people who want to uh, grow their business and kind of gain momentum um and you know feeling like they can do that in a way that feels I would say in a nervous system friendly way. And it's like one of the ways I talk about my work, like, you know, that if you know, don't know what that means, in other words, it's just being true to yourself, not being faster than uh, you can actually be just staying true to yourself in the process. So yeah, it's that one, one work that I do in the group. That's fantastic. So David, if you have another minute or two, I, we had a comment come, come in from Dr. Nick Sotelo and, and mm. it speaks exactly to what you were just talking about. What Dr. Nick said is how, how the problem associate with helping people play their game when they don't know that number one, their game is to be played and specifically what get, that their game should be. And um, I, I also like you love that principle of playing your game it's it, it, i've incorporated that language into my website it's i think playing your game is the message of the bhagavad-gita which is one of the ancient spiritual texts that informs my work um and so i'm going to make an assertion and then i i want you to um uh you can discredit it or add to it or give a different perspective but you know i i i'm with dr nick in that i think people a lot of people really are I think people are often clearer about where they want to go than where they are. And they're less clear about where they actually are because they don't actually know. They're not really connected with and, and have a, 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 enough of a connection and knowledge of who they are. And so, so much of what I hear and what you do is you're helping people solve maybe a business problem, but you're doing it by helping them. You're not... It, you're not specifically addressing optimizing or maximizing a business. You're actually helping optimize the person.
because mm -hmm. an optimized person will be able to more easily achieve the things that they want to um, see in business. So I'm just curious if you have another minute, if you would like to speak to how you approach helping people. I, number one, understand that life is a game and games are meant to be played. And number two, what is the game that, um, you know, they, they are meant to play now or that their, their spirit or soul is calling them to play? Yeah, it's a beautiful question. Thanks, Dr. Nick. Appreciate you being part of the community. Um, so in terms of practically how I do it with clients, it really depends on their background because I do work with a lot of people who have like a very strong somatic background. And so that it really is a lot about business strategy. And just me embodying it in a way that doesn't stand in opposition to, you know, the somatic part. Um, that's just to clarify, because I, yeah, I think I do, I would say I do more business strategy than actually the embodiment work. It's more like how I approach the business strategy that has this somatic component tied in. Um, again, one thing that I would say is I, I'm not looking to like convince anyone that they need to play their game or anything like this. Like I, I don't feel called or capable to help everyone. Um, and so I think when someone doesn't know, um, you know, when, when, when for someone this is completely foreign, I'm probably not the right person uh, to help them. Um, in terms of how to actually help someone play their game, for me, this is where the embodiment piece comes in. Because uh, mentally, you can tell yourself a lot of lies. But when you really drop into your body, the body cannot lie. So it's for me through body awareness, through presencing everything that's happening inside of me, that I understand more of where I actually am, which is often very humbling and uncomfortable. And it's un often for me uncovering what is my next step. Like, what is the, the one thing that I can see, like, ah, there's like, there's a pull towards something. And then can I um, surrender to the fact that I don't know where this will ultimately lead me? And I love, for example, Nick's uh, story of how he got into crypto and so on. You know, there's no like big plan in it. He just like went in it and, and things unfolded. And I think that's true for many of us that um, when we play our game, there's no 10-year business plan. There's like, uh, there are certain values and there are steps we take and then we reflect and we readjust and we keep moving. I love it. Thanks for that. Um, I think playing, playing your game has definitely been one for me this year that I've been working on and, and figuring out and maybe doing, you know, the whole micro step thing. So it's definitely something that more people should pay attention to because they actually might realize that they're going to be happier playing their game than playing someone else's game. And I know Scott's been been an advocate for this um, the past couple months here that I've been following him as well. So thanks for sharing that. Um, how did it, how does how do people find your I guess your Facebook group or your mastermind or maybe where you go through some of that? And I think really just my Facebook. I mean, if someone feels really called to um, get in touch, you can just send me a message and I'll uh i'll i'll guide you in the right direction thank you okay all right scott what do you got yeah fantastic well if i can uh, get the right display to come up here we can uh, start there we go 
Uh, Technology Man is really struggling today. Um, obviously, if you're watching this uh, in live or in replay, you can leave a message for David right here in the TGA unofficial group. Um, I'm also broadcasting this to my profile and uh, you can connect with David through me because we are uh, friends on Facebook um, in addition to many other places. And um, I just want to thank you, David, for, you know, I, I, I've, uh, we connected fairly early in my um, journey into the TGA world. And I was really pleased to get a chance to work with you a little bit and get to know you and, and the work that you're making. And, and I've been watching you on social media and watching the way that you're really showing up and speaking um, your truth to a very specific about a specific outcome to a specific audience, and I really applaud that because I agree with you. It's um, something that demonstrates not just um, vulnerability, but a, a, a profound level of generosity. Because um, you know, you can only truly help the people that truly need what you have to offer. So I love just the way that you're showing up and being specific and being clear, direct and respectful in the way that you're communicating the difference you make. And I love just the, the difference that you're making in general. So always um, great to spend some time with you. Appreciate the opportunity to learn more about you, Vivica, my sister from another mister, you know that I cherish these moments with you. And for those of you that are here um, watching now live or watching uh, in replay, feel free to share this conversation with uh, other people that would benefit from colliding with someone like David and and, and needs the kind of help that he's um, delivering. So with that, we'll wrap it up. We got uh, another call. I think next week, Viv, it's just you and I. Next week, we're going to do like a little mashup, I guess, and just, you know, touch base, kind of a little wrap up. And then the we don't know what we're doing. We, and so we don't it's know. Probably, we're just going to wing it. So we're it's just going to be so much up. fun. Come, us, come watch us. Come watch the dumpster. Yes, Jessica please. And I come just glide on, 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 on a call with no agenda whatsoever and no one to, no one, no one to uh, keep us in bounds. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Thanks very much. Thank you so much. Ciao.